1: Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Ellenbecker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building. We also have an office in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, right across the street from Winkies. And we are also happy to service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida, of course. Our favorite time to service clients in Bonita Springs is in January, February, and March, but we are happy to uh, meet there anytime as well. If you would like to put a voice with a name, you can check out our webpage at ellenbecker.com. And we certainly have all the information about our advisors here at Ellen Becker Investment Group. We also have uh, our newsletter archives if you're interested in, Learning a little bit more about how we approach financial planning in our clients. And if you'd like to take a tour of our office, you can do that right at EllenBecker.com as well. Um, My guest today is Mary Brown. She is a seasoned veteran of MoneySense and has worked with our team and our clients for uh, many, many years. And we love working with Mary Brown. She's the president of Campbell Newman Asset Management. Today is really going to be an investment-focused conversation, a financial-focused conversation around dividend-paying stocks and you know, how we focus on developing portfolios for our clients and why we feel that an emphasis on quality is so important, especially going into uncertain periods or potential periods of change and volatility, find a lot of comfort in the emphasis on quality. so. We're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to introduce you to Mary, and we will spend uh, the next segment of the show talking a little bit about dividend paying stocks and how to protect a little bit on the downside when we are faced with uncertain times. So with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And before the break, I had introduced Barry Brown as the president of Campbell Newman Asset Management. We have a very long uh, relationship with Campbell Newman and have worked very, very closely with them over the years. They've contributed to our radio show, uh, to seminars that we provide to our clients, as well as our newsletter on a quarterly basis. If you'd like to learn more about Mary and her team, you can check out our webpage at ellenbecker.com, look at our newsletter articles, and uh, she's in there every quarter. So you can learn a little bit more about that, but I hope you enjoy listening to us today, taking some time to talk about dividend paying stocks and the important part that they play not only in the portfolios we construct for our clients, but in the overall um, opportunity for upside market growth and also downside protection. So Mary, welcome. Good afternoon, Julie. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. I We were talking right before we started and I know that you've been such a frequent guest on Money
0: Sense, but I don't think I've had the opportunity to interview you yet. No, unfortunately you have not, but I'm happy <laughs> to be here today and it was always fun to be on with your mom too. Good, good, good. Yes, I know that um, you guys
1: developed a relationship back in Probably well, was what, 1996, 1997, right before, some point before 2000, I know, started talking about uh, your strategy. And then, you know, early on in 2000s, in we started working together and, and you helping us construct portfolios and stock portfolios for our clients. And mm-hmm. so we have been investing in your dividend paying stock portfolio since 2003, I believe. And, uh, it's, it's been wonderful. And our clients have had an opportunity to learn a lot about the portfolio, learn about the strategy. Uh, you've shared your wisdom with the public on our, on our radio show. And that's really what we want to focus on today. I have clients so often during this period of uncertainty, ask questions about, you know, should I still be investing? Should I be rebalancing? And when is the best time to invest? Uh, should I be worried about taxes? What's going to happen if dividend tax increases? And all of these questions are consistently coming our way. And we see a, a lot more um, heightened concern and questions during periods of uncertainty. And there is a little bit of uncertainty now in the in the sense that the market is you know, actively trading at a, at a high. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns with what's going to happen tax-wise. Uh, and so we're, we're reacclimating to a post-pandemic time. And so with all of these questions, one of the answers that I am very confident in is that you know we construct a portfolio that is positioned to weather all market volatility, and we have to be comfortable with our allocations regardless of what's happening, when the market's going up and when the market's going down. And I know our philosophy is very aligned that way, and um, I really would like to hear from you in terms of you know, your dividend paying stock portfolio and how it has weathered. I mean, we can go back and, and talk about how it's weathered, all sorts, sorts of periods of volatility. But, you know, really what happened in the last year and how did the portfolio get to where it is today during the last 12 to 15
0: months of just really a lot of uncertainty? Well, thanks, Julie. Well, you know, the the portfolio did well during this last year, 15 months. Um, what was kind of unusual was, if you recall, going into the pandemic, the markets were hitting all-time highs, and um, and then we had a steep correction, over a thirty percent correction in just a couple of weeks, and um, which was the quickest, most severe bear market that we'd ever seen. And then, just as quickly, really, as um, we started to see better. Treatments for the coronavirus. We had very rapid government action with uh, COVID relief, and um, the Fed also lowering interest rates and doing more quantitative easing and um, Operation Warp Speed, getting the the um, vaccines, the the research and the vaccines. So. The market bottom and then really started marching up and, and um, you know, we're around 4,200 today on the S&P 500. And that's a 25% increase almost over where we were before um, or when we were at the March. I think it was the March uh, 19th or February 19th highs before everything started to shut down. So um, the market's been very strong. What was interesting last year um, was that non-dividend paying stocks did the best because of um, all of the excess liquidity in the market. So we had a lot of a risk on trade, but um, the portfolio did well nonetheless in in that environment um, because this is not a high yield portfolio. We're not just looking for um, high dividend paying stocks. Instead, we want stocks with higher than average current yields when we can, and then rising streams of income. Dividend increases every year. And why we do that is um, we think that a company's dividend policy is tangible evidence of management's confidence in future earnings growth. And those companies that pay a meaningful dividend and then increase it year after year are showing you with that non-retrievable cash payment out to shareholders that they're going to manage the company in such a way that is more shareholder friendly so that they have a higher probability of rising stream of income over time so that they can increase those dividends. And then also what happens as earnings go up, you tend to get price appreciation and a stock. So the dividend growth strategy is more of a total return strategy. And, um, you know, you talked a little bit about how have we done during different periods, and that's really the important thing about Having a component of growth in the portfolio and rising earnings, um, because, for example, one of the big topics today is whether or not we're going to see just transitory inflation or long-term inflation and what's and and how is the fed going to react are we going are they going to be ratcheting up interest rates and this strategy is really kind of an all-season radial it did very well during the rising interest rate period of 2003 to 2007 you know prior to the financial crisis and then during the the teeth of the financial crisis because we our bottom up internal research told us that the banks were going to have to probably cut their dividends during that period because they were going to have to increase their loan loss reserves. So the we sold those um, stocks prior to the dividend cuts and really protected clients during that downdraft, and then did well too as as we came out of that. Yeah. So
1: when you think about some of the impacts that we might be experiencing with inflation or increased taxes, particularly on dividends, uh, as well as interest rate adjustments, you know, how would you expect a portfolio like yours with such an emphasis on dividends to react?
0: Well, you know, as far as tax rates go, um, we don't have a lot of data going back on how tax rates have affected performance for dividend stocks, but the payouts um, are not affected generally by tax law. And I think that, you know, we are in a very unusual period where safe and predictable streams of income are hard to find. You know, the 10-year treasuries continues to be at about 1.5 Five to 1.6 percent so you know if you own a treasury bond for that period that that's what your return is going to be and so um the S&P 500 dividend yield is about 1.3 right now versus um you know our portfolio dividend yield is about 1.6 so you're getting quite a good premium but you know these dividends still provide a really important, safe, predictable stream of income when income is hard to come by. We don't expect to see wholesale sales, um, which would promote, you know, worse performance if the tax rates on dividends go up. That that hasn't happened, you know, in the past. Um, dividend stocks have done well when tax rates on dividends mm-hmm were much higher than the rate they are today.
1: So we hear a lot about the tax inquiries and and taking a look at maybe how that's going to impact. And of course, we're trying to look forward for a really foggy crystal ball. So we really don't know how um, dividends in general are going to be impacted, whether it's the way that the companies are paying the dividends or how the actual shareholder is going to be affected um, by those dividend payments. So it's important to you know, stand by and, and, you know, pay attention to that, but ultimately not change our investment philosophy because of a concern uh, focused on taxes. What about inflation? How would you expect the
0: portfolio
1: to weather an inflationary?
0: We have done well in other rising (laughs) interest rate environments, so that's important. Um, At this point, uh, we do not foresee a major sustained uptick in inflation uh, you know the the employment numbers are improving but um, at this point only 61 percent of the workforce is you know the participate workforce participation rate is only at 61 percent that's still very low we still have an unemployment rate of about 5.8 percent which is high um, and so I think that as we start to see, a number of the government subsidies for unemployment benefits coming off. We shouldn't see as much wage pressure and difficulty finding people. Um, At the same time, you know, we are of um, a mind that technology has really changed things in terms of keeping pricing lower through productivity gains um, and, uh, you know, you can't look at the same basket of goods that you looked at, you know, 10 or 20 years ago and and see the same thing today. And a a good example is looking at how people were able to conduct business for free over Zoom calls during the pandemic when uh, 20 years ago, remember how expensive long distance calls used to be? so we we are really seeing a constant pressure down um, on in inflation um, towards in some ways deflation. Most recently, you know we've seen the price of oil go up a lot um, and that there that's for a combination of reasons. Um, we saw the supply choked um, as the new administration came in and changed many of the regulations at the same time we did see greater demand as the economy was reopening but um you know all things being equal we don't need to see the cost of energy rise substantially if we use the production that we have so um, there is a lot of concern about sustained inflation but you know, we've been talking about that for 20 years. We've been talking about rising interest rates for 20 years. We'll, we'll see what happens with all of this money that has been injected into the system. Um, and, and that could, we, we've seen it in um, financial assets, that how it's affected. But whether or not it flows down into their real economy as inflation, we're, we're yet to see that.
1: Good. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue to kind of revisit uh, the whole dividend paying stock approach. I would like to hear a little bit about how your portfolios are constructed and the things that are important to pay attention to as you add and remove positions from the portfolio. And so we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Ellenbecker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank building. We also have a location in the village of Whitefish Bay, right across from Winkies, and we are happy to service clients in our Bonita Springs office as well. Feel free to check out our webpage if you'd like to put a face with a voice. We have lots of great information on there, as well as uh, the, this radio show will be available to listen via our webpage uh, as well. If you like what you're hearing today or you want to share it with somebody else, you can certainly direct them to ellenbecker.com as well. Um, my guest is Mary Brown, and she is the president of Campbell Newman Asset Management. And we've worked together for a very long time. And so Mary is very comfortable and familiar on the radio show And we are really focusing today on dividend paying stocks and what impact they play in overall portfolio construction, especially during periods of um, uncertainty, whether it's inflation or taxes and rising interest rates and unemployment and pandemics and all all of the things that we as investors have been faced with recently, you know, dividend paying stocks have sort of provided some stability and comfort. It's sort of like uh, tried and true, like putting on your pajamas when you get home at night. <laughs> it's going to be comfortable. So, um, so we spent a little bit of time before this break, you know, really talking about the impact of, of the inflation and, and taxes and interest rates on dividend paying stocks. And Mary, one of the things you said right before the break is that, you know, we've been waiting for interest rates to increase for 20 years. Um, we've been waiting for inflation for 20 years, and it's it's quite amazing because I've been in this business for longer than that, which hardly seems possible. But it's it's interesting because you're right. I mean, we have I have been talking to clients for over 20 years about rising interest rates and about inflation, and we keep waiting for it to happen. and We haven't really had anything uh, really weigh heavily enough where we had to fundamentally change the focus of how the portfolios are positioned. We know that there's always the potential for adjustments in in all areas of the economy. And and it's so important for us to create a portfolio that we're comfortable with in any market climate. And that's really where dividend paying stocks have come into play for our clients is that we want to make sure that we are in the market so that when there is upside opportunity, that we can participate in it. But also, we want to make sure that if something does happen to the economy, which trickles down to how the stock market is impacted, we want to make sure we have some downside protection as well. And when you look at a period of rising interest rates, we know that fixed income is going to be, you know, exceptionally challenged. When you look at a period of rising interest rates and rising inflation, we know that being outside of the market is absolutely not going to give us an opportunity to um, at least exceed or match what inflation is happening. So, you know, we recognize with our clients how important it is to be invested and to maintain equity exposure. And that being said, we also want to make sure that we're comfortable with the equity exposure that we have. And that's really where Campbell Newman uh, has come into play so well with our clients. And, And the portfolio that you manage and your philosophy around dividend paying stocks I think makes sense, and such is such easy uh, information for our clients to digest. And so, maybe you could share with us a little bit about how you view the the best of the best and how they fit into the portfolio from your perspective, criteria that you have.
0: You know, the most important criteria we use is the um, annual dividend increase, and again, we think that that's a signal from management. But we also require the companies have um, at least uh, uh, 6% projected earnings per share growth rate. And so that's important because that eliminates the non, no growth companies. And this again is a total return strategy. So we are looking for capital appreciation over time. We're looking to participate on the upside and protect on the downside. Um, and, and so you need growth. And so when you talk about, you said the best of the best and, and what's really interesting is for the past several years, information technology has been the most heavily weighted sector in, in the portfolio. And, you know, it used to be that people were surprised that these technology companies paid meaningful dividends and then we're increasing them year after year, but, if you take a step back, it makes so much sense because where are the segments in the economy that have the most vibrant at end markets, you know, it, it's technology and there are semiconductors and everything that we use today. Um, so, and software, and we pull a phone out of our pocket and we have a, a mini computer. So really You know, we we take a bottom-up approach where we screen a a database of about 8,500 companies and get an active research universe of um, around 150, which we then do, you know, the in-house bottom-up research work on it. But as I said, the portfolio has the largest exposure is to technology in the industrials Financials, and we've been adding to the financials, because um, as we go through an economic expansion, we expect those companies. First of all, the the loan loss reserves during the pandemic weren't as bad, so they're going to be able to release some of those um, reserves and have higher earnings than were are expected, increase their dividends, and have a good strong runway. So, so we are looking for. Vibrant end markets um, and companies that are leaders in their um, market niches, and that their markets are growing too. because you can, you know, buy like the best company in um, kind of a dying industry, and that doesn't help you much. We want to be able to have companies that have top line growth, that have pricing flexibility, all those things that lead to strong top line, better margins, accelerated earnings growth, which means faster dividend growth, and it should be better price performance over time.
1: So when you talk about dividends and increasing dividends and how important that is um, as you're constructing a portfolio, what changes in dividends have you seen, you know, during some of the financial crisis that we went through in 2008, for example, and even just last year, it was a, it was a very short-lived crisis. Yeah. It was a pretty impactful market swing. So what changes in dividends
0: have you have you experienced over your time okay. in managing
1: this portfolio?
0: During the financial crisis um, in, in 2008, the S&P 500 dividend was down um, 21%. And the average dividend in our portfolio was up 8.4. Last year, the S&P 500 dividend was kind of flat. And um, our portfolio had almost a 10% dividend increase. Now, and we go back and we can compare the stocks in the S&P 500. I think this is kind of interesting. In the 2008-2009 period, 32 stocks... Suspended their dividends. So they stopped paying their dividend in the S&P 500. And that compares to last year, 42 did. Now, and during the um, financial crisis, it was more financial companies that um, eliminated their dividends. And last year, it was more kind of hospitality-related, and it makes sense. Those, those were the hardest hit by the shutdowns, whether it's hotel companies, um, you know, Marriott, Disney, restaurant companies. We saw m- m- many more S&P 500 companies cut their dividend in the 2008-2009 period compared to last year. 108 cut dividends then versus only 27 last year. And, and so far this year for the S&P 500, we've only seen one decrease and um, one suspension. When we look at the portfolio um, that we manage, uh, we we had to sell Disney earlier in the year when when they cut their dividend, when all the theme parks and everything were closed. And then we only had three other companies in the portfolio that did not increase the dividend and they were financial companies. And, and part of that was kind of regulatory, but so JP Morgan, um, American express and um, uh, Regions financial, all the other companies increased with um, you know, some of the best increases being Lowe's corporation increased by 33%. um, uh, Abbott Labs, uh, a healthcare company, twenty-five percent. Cell Tower, um, real estate investment trust, um, American Tower by almost fifteen percent. So, so there were you know plenty of good dividend increase companies out there. You just had to know where to find them. Yeah, it's
1: interesting uh, when you bring up some of those companies, and even just as a regular everyday consumer you know, it it makes so much sense when you look at the companies that were unable to maintain their dividend or you look at the companies that had really, you know, high growth, uh, even mm-hmm. to common in investors, it just makes so much sense. Do you have any idea of, um, you know, how dividends are going to adjust going forward? Do you think that we're going to continue to see? Obviously, I know, again, we talked about our very foggy crystal ball, but how do you think during periods of, you know,
0: stability or periods of recovery? How do dividends typically react? Well, you know, as I said, we've seen good dividend increases over the past 12 months. Our average company has increased its dividend almost 10%, which, which isn't so out of line from, you know, the past 15 years or so that that we've seen um, with the average for the portfolio at, at a little bit under 14%. And so dividend growth is dependent upon a couple of things for a company. You know, if they're doing well, they're growing their earnings and um, they want to share with shareholders, you know, a dividend increase is an excellent way to do it. Um, And so when we are observing how managements manage shareholder capital. You know, we really like it when managements have a stated allocation. How are they going to use the money generated by the business? Is it for research and development? Is it for capital expenditures? Is it for um, acquiring other other businesses? Is it for buying back stock? Is it for um, uh, distributions to shareholders? So, Um, You know, we look for those companies that have the commitment to uh, dividend increases and and we want them to talk about it. It's a very important component. We think it provides a lot of transparency um, into what management's thinking. You know, I also and the financial statements, I, I always was new, you know, when I was back studying accounting, if I knew what happened to the cash account, the T account, I, I had a better understanding of what was going on in the financial statements. And as these companies are making significant you know, cash payments out to shareholders, we think that that gives um, a, higher, a higher confidence in, in the quality, too, of their financial statements um, and the accuracy. So again, you know, it isn't a one size fit all. We look very hard for those companies that share the, the same uh, values we do in terms of um, using dividend policy as, as an important component of um, their returns to shareholders. Yes.
1: Yes. Good. Thank you. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll we'll continue to dig in a little bit deeper into this. And I want to focus on how portfolios are constructed um, so that we can manage volatility and, and still protect ourselves, but do it while, you know, staying true to our investment plan. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And my guest today is Mary Brown. She is the president of Campbell Newman Asset Management and a a great resource and friend to Ellenbecker Investment Group and is sharing a lot of wonderful investment-focused information with us today. So we are having a conversation focused on dividend-paying stocks. And I think, Mary, you've done a good job kind of telling us what's happened and what the things that we've experienced and and sort of how dividends have adjusted based on the last 15 months. And what I'd really like to spend just this last segment of the show talking about is a little bit of a outlook or an economic outlook, not only for the S&P 500, but sort of economic growth overall. And, you know, what we would expect to happen or Or even not so much, I I don't expect you to tell us what's gonna happen in the future, but kind of some of the things we can watch for and some of the um, recommendations or the economic forecasts that you've heard and kind of give us an idea of maybe what we should watch for in the next six months, 12 months, 24 months.
0: We think we're in the early stages of this economic recovery. Um, As I spoke earlier, the labor participation rate is still quite low we can pull more people into the labor force at the same time unemployment is still I think it was 5.8 percent last week so that's high um, and so as we pull more people into the labor force um, you know we're, we're a long way away from being at the tail end of um, this economic expansion Um, And and one of the things we look at a lot is um, what are the projections for the S&P 500 earnings? And, and so we look back at historically 2019, the S&P earnings were $163. They fell to $140 last year. And then for calendar 2021, They're looking for 190 and then 212 for next year. So the projections, you know, those are kind of consensus estimates. The projections are for strong profit growth, um, going forward. Um, and I think, you know, GDP growth is supposed to be strong, but, you know, coming off of lower, low levels, um. So we think we're in the earlier stages. We think that as such, while, while the, the market is not cheap by really any measure, we see um, the Fed is um, loathe to, to raise rates um, because, you know, we were just starting to see some of the lower rungs on the economic ladder do better prior to the pandemic. And what what um, the Fed has said is that um, they really want to get the greatest participation from especially the people who need it the most uh, in the economic recovery, which means not pulling the punch bowl away from the party too soon, where, um, you know, they've said over the past couple of months that 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 might have happened in the past. So you know we still are optimistic about what the market can do um over the next several years as long as earnings growth um stays good and and um you know the the interest rates affect valuations but as long as interest rates don't go up too fast too far too fast you know uh we should be able to to um, have decent returns in line with earnings growth and then also, uh, you know, get the kicker from dividends and dividend increases.
1: Mary, I like your optimism. I think it's, uh, it is, it's, it's refreshing and it's really in alignment with the way we view uh, our, our portfolio opportunities looking forward. You know, the, the comment of strong profit growth going forward I'd like to know how long going forward. That would, that would be helpful information. The idea is that we really don't know. And, and that, you know I say this all the time, and I know it's redundant for our listeners who have heard me say it before, but we have so little control as investors. We can't control the market. We cannot control inflation or taxes. We can't control our who, who our president is going to be. Uh, we can't control pandemics or health care um there are so few things that we have control over and the one thing that we do that is so important is risk we can control the amount of risk that we want to put in our portfolio and that is very very important so it's the one thing we have control over and i think sometimes investors lose sight over how important it is to manage risk in a portfolio and so when i started the segment i talked about a couple you know pillars of our investment philosophy and and the two that really lend themselves to this great relationship with Campbell Newman is, you know, our focus on quality investments, focusing on investments that have been around, that have experienced market ups and market downs, focus on investments who share their record keeping with with the public and, you know, who consistently pay this dividend. And so focusing on quality investments really helps us weather whatever comes our way, And the other piece is really diversification. And you talked about it well earlier today that, you know, looking at the segments of the market that we're in, looking at the sectors, paying attention to how well we're diversified. And if we can focus on high quality investments and being diversified, that really helps us manage the risk in the portfolio. And then, you know, our role as Ellenbecker Investment Group is identifying how much of a portfolio should be allocated towards dividend paying stocks, how much of a portfolio should be allocated towards fixed income. It's really important for us to have not only well diversified amongst the companies that we're invested in, but well diversified amongst the asset classes. Because we know a high quality dividend paying stock portfolio is going to be able to weather volatility. We know it's going to go up and down. And as long as you know we own companies that we're comfortable with, we feel very confident in their role in the portfolio but it's still not a place to put every dollar. And so working with experts to construct a portfolio and using dividend paying stocks as a component of that is very important. And and that's really the role we play and and the huge role that um, we play together is is making sure that our portfolios and our clients are invested in in, an allocation first and then the holding second, where they know that that's the risk that's being managed and we can handle the volatility um, assuming that we're managing the risk. So um, I'll leave with you that in a world of uncertainty, uh, we do have a little bit of control. We can control the amount of risk that we have in our portfolios. And, and that is actually a really, really important piece to remember as you're as you're investing. So Gary, thank you so much for, for talking with me today. It's been fun to interview you. I'll uh, have to have my mother listen and grade me on, on our interview today because I know that you've been on the show with her many of times. Thank you, Julie. I've really enjoyed it. You're welcome. And so um, for our listeners, if you liked what you heard today, or you want more information on Mary Brown and her team, you can certainly go to Ellenbecker.com. Our radio show recordings are on there, as well as our newsletters. If you'd like to share this information with anybody, you certainly can do that. Um, Or if you'd like to give us a call, you can reach us at 262-691-3200. Um, And remember that Money Sense airs on Saturdays from 2 to 3 and Sundays from 12 to 1. And as always, I hope that I have made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. And remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great day.